Hi everyone, just a quick note before this episode gets started. Several days ago, the movie world was hit with the tragic news that Bill Paxton had passed away. Commando is the first of the movies he's been in that we've covered, and he has a very small part, but he will definitely be showing up in our discussions of movies with his more significant roles in the future. We'd just like to say thank you, Mr. Paxton, for all the great characters you gave us over the years, and offer our sincere condolences to his family, friends, and fellow fans out there. You will be missed, sir. Hi, I'm Dave Kelch. And I'm Warwick Johnson. Welcome to Cinema Stalgia. Where we rewatch movies from our childhood and see if they really are great or if time has passed them by. It's time to get nostalgic with your old pals Dave and Warwick. From Independence Day to Platoon, Cinema Stalgia's starting soon. Yes, Cinema Stalgia's starting soon. Have some fun with them, they're watching movies. From stuff that makes you laugh to stuff that's spooky. You want to listen well, don't have a cow. Cause Cinema Stalgia's starting now. Yes, Cinema Stalgia's starting now. Now Dave and Warwick, come on out, take a bow. Cause Cinema Stalgia's now. Hey everybody, and welcome to part two of our continuing discussion on Commando. If you haven't listened to part one, I highly recommend you go back and do that. Otherwise, you're going to be real confused as we <laughs> go back to the saga of John Matrix. Uh, gets back into the airport. And he's and going to he... follow Sully yeah. to try and find where Alyssa Milano is. And because this is 1986, or 1985, I believe, um, yeah. there are no cell phones. At no. least, I mean, I think... Things like car phones might exist, but, but only super ones. rich people. But like even the brick size cell phone that people had like in the late 80s, early 90s, those weren't really around at this point. No. For the general public, at least. So Sully has to go use a payphone yep. <laughs> to call call it in. And while he's there, we meet Radon Chong. Yep, who's the yep. sort of love interest? Yeah. The, she is the the lady of the film. Yes. I guess is what you could say. She is a flight attendant. Yes. And um And Sully uh just starts like hitting on her right. super hardcore right away. And this is where really Sully is like Sully's like, "Oh, you're just he's an internet nice guy." Because he throws like a couple of compliments where he's like, yeah. "Oh, and you wanna you wanna come with me to this thing?" And she's like, "No, I, I I'm I'm kind of seeing somebody." And he goes, "Oh, well, whatever, you fucking whore." And I'm just like, "Jeez." Yeah. yeah, that's the part like where yeah he follows, um, like Schwarzenegger is following Sully, and then uh, we see Radon Chong, whose name is Cindy. Cindy. Yeah, and she like goes out to the parking lot. And as soon as she enters the parking lot, we see Sully come out behind her. So this guy has followed her all mm -hmm. the way to her car. And that's when she's like, really, no, I'm leaving. And then he calls her a whore yeah. <laughs> and walks away. And I was just like, I'm like, oh, I can't. So people did do that before the Internet yeah. was a thing. <laughs> yep. And uh, this is the part where... Um, another thing that Schwarzenegger does, because as soon as Sully walks away, Cindy's like, oh, whatever, I'm going to get in my car, which is a little red sporty convertible. Yeah, it's like a red convertible yeah. sports car. Yeah, and um, but like a 
kind of a classic. It's a little older car. Yeah. Of what it looks like. And uh, this hand grabs her from behind, tells her not to scream, and he's not going to hurt her. And, of course, it's Schwarzenegger, you know, and he's... And he's like, I need you to follow that guy. And to do this, so because he's such of a giant, so he can be in her car and like hunkered down. And not be seen. And not yeah. be seen. He opens the passenger side door of her car and rips the seat out. Like physically just grabs it and is ripped. Like in yeah. one, he doesn't even try. Really, no, it's 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 like it's like a, it's like picking up a bag of groceries to him. Yeah. He just picks, he just rips the seat off, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, again, I feel like that was like, unnecessary. Well, that also, but again, this is one of those moments where I'm like, I know Arnold Schwarzenegger is an extremely strong human being. Yes. I don't know that that would have been that easy to do. <laughs> no. I, well, yeah, I, I guess Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie is powered by the light of the sun, I'm guessing, <laughs> is that his cells absorb it. Uh, and so unless there's like kryptonite or magic around, right. he can basically do whatever he wants to. Yep. But it's insane because it's like it, I, Schwarzenegger's in his mind. He's like, I have to follow Sully. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kidnap this woman and make her drive me yep. and follow him in a convertible. Yeah. Schwarzenegger, you could have just stolen a car, any car that has a hard top and like a roof and windows. And Sully probably wouldn't know that you were the one that was following him. Yep. But I mean, we do find out because they follow Sully, they get to a mall. That another reason why Schwarzenegger does this is because he saw the interaction between them and knows that Sully is attracted to her. So he's going to use her as bait yes. to lure Sully to somewhere secluded so, so Schwarzenegger can interrogate him. Yep. And I'm like, John Matrix, this is horrible. <laughs> You're putting this woman in mortal danger. Yeah. I mean, I get that you're desperate and your daughter has been kidnapped, but still, this is like, you're in the Army, Special Forces. Didn't you, like, swear some kind of oath, probably, to protect people and the citizens of the United States? And he's, like, straight up throwing her to the wolves yeah. at this point. If the plan goes pear-shaped, she is the first person that Sully is going to, like, try and shoot or knife or whatever. Yeah. It's like... He's obviously, Sully's going to be like, oh, okay, well, you obviously are working with Arnold, so I'm going to kill you for this. Yeah. And he's just like, nope, doesn't matter. It's fine. Yep. Um, doesn't, it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a, a, uh, bad guy move, I yeah. guess, on Schwarzenegger's part. Yeah. Is that he's very concerned about his daughter that's kidnapped, so he kidnaps this other person is forcing her into dangerous situations in order to get her back. Yeah. That's the part where I'm like, ah, it's a little, it's a little bad. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, they follow Sully to this mall. And he goes into a bar in the mall. Yep. And he goes in there, Sully, to meet another guy with some criminal enterprise that they're planning or yeah, something like that. Yeah, they're exchanging shady briefcases. Right, exactly. And it's kind of like... You chose a bar and a mall to do this? Yeah. I mean, a dive bar, but like a secluded dive bar in a shitty neighborhood. Sure. Sure. But yeah. this mall is full of shoppers. Uh, also, 
security guards. Also, also, also a lot cameras. A lot of security. A lot of security guards. A lot of mall cops. A lot of cameras. And they're like perfect place for our criminal meetings. Our clandestine criminal operations will be perfectly suited with all of these yep. cameras and police everywhere. Yeah, so he finishes his business with this other criminal and he sees Cindy. Mm-hmm. And so they start talking and she's like, oh, well, you know, maybe whatever. But then there's a moment where she gets alone and goes to a security guard. Yeah, she goes up to one of the mall cops and says, hey, this guy kidnapped me and is like threatening violence. Talking to Schwar- about, Schwarzenegger, about Schwarzenegger. And she points him out and says where he is. And it doesn't help that Schwarzenegger is looking sketchy as fuck right now yeah. because he's like, right next to a pillar and like creepily like looking around and like <laughs> and like how are you, how are you, I thought you were a trained covert operative like yep. he, it's very obvious and so anyway like the security guards start to converge on him mm-hmm. and while Cindy is which it's weird she tells the security guard yet then still tries to fulfill Schwarzenegger's plan. Well, I think she was stuck in there until the security guards got Schwarzenegger. Like, they couldn't... They could. She couldn't leave until Schwarzenegger had gotten captured right. or, or approached by them, because he'd know that the, yeah. the the jig was up. And she can't give the game away to Sully because then she'll get killed. So yeah. she's in like a weird spot. So she has to keep like. Yeah. So they wow. start to leave. Sully walks out, and she like still stays with him. And that's of course the moment when the security guards decide to try to take on Arnold. Take out Matrix. <laughs> and it goes poorly for, for the security guards. <laughs> but Sully sees the commotion yeah. and is like, oh shit, I gotta find a payphone. <laughs> yeah, so in, in modern times this is when the jig is up and, and Alyssa Milano is six feet under. Yeah. Uh, but instead, because it's the 80s, Sully has to like go and run to the phone bank and try and find a payphone yep. in order to call them. Yep. And then this is the part where, I mean, he's fight, Arnold's fighting the security guards. There's one point where I think maybe like 10 of them surround him and they're kind of like all over him. Yeah, they and like he's dog down. pile him. Yeah, and then he does the classic like, where he bursts up and like throws his arms and all 10 of the security guards just go flying. And yeah. I'm like... Okay, instance number three for the evidence that in this he has superhuman strength or is a Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> followed followed directly by instance number four. Yep. Because Sully finds a phone booth and gets in it to call them. And then all of a sudden, Schwarzenegger rips the phone booth out of the ground with Sully inside of yep. it. And lifts it over his head yeah. with Sully inside in order to and then throw like it. chucks it. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like I, that was I was that was the most bonkers thing in the entire film. <laughs> he basically like attitude adjusts this phone booth. It's like it's in it's an insane feat of strength. <laughs> Uh, but, so, but Sully still is able to get away yeah. thanks to the literal like dozens of mall cops. Yeah. Like this mall employs more people than some like small towns do for their police yeah. officers. 
Um, and we also get the moment of truth for Cindy oh, because yeah. she there's a part where the, one of the security guards decides, all right, I got to shoot this guy because I think we've gotten to this point because Sully's criminal compatriot sees all the security guards and on chaos. So he just decides to pull out a gun. So security guards shoot him. And I feel like all the other guards at that point have decided, all right, time for guns. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) We got to put these guys down before anything else happens. And so this one security guard is about to shoot Schwarzenegger and so Radon Chong pushes him down the stairs. Just shoves him down a flight of stairs. Yeah. I mean, the guy doesn't die. He's fine because he's, he says something. You yeah, know? He's, he says something. He yeah. might be paralyzed, but we, <laughs> we don't know that for yeah. sure. Yeah, but so Cindy's like, oh, I guess I'm. she's just all on board now. Yeah. So she hops in the car with Arnold. Well, like, and fully on board because what happens is... Sully gets to the garage, gets in his car, which I think we haven't mentioned, but it's a yellow Porsche. Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. And he takes off. Schwarzenegger goes back, gets Cindy's car, and hops in the driver's seat and takes off after him. Um, Cindy, on the other hand, runs all the way out to the front of the mall (laughs) and then sees Schwarzenegger going after on the street after Sully. And she like runs out in front of him, is like, stop, stop. And she's like, well, I'm I'm on board now, basically. And she like hops in the car. And and it's and all she's like she's gonna miss her yoga. Yeah. Or no, her karate class. Oh, sorry, her karate. Yeah. She had a karate class at seven that she yep. lands on. Short yeah. like, you're not gonna make it. Yep. Because <laughs> I'm kidnapping you. And so they go after Sully. There's the classic car chase where the cars are sideswiping each other. Yep. And they eventually Runs Sully off the road. His car flips. Uh, Arnold pulls him out physically, and to interrogate him, he takes him over to a cliff. Yes, like, on, uh, they're up somewhere in the hills above L.A., and he, with one arm, hangs him off the cliff face by his foot. Yep. So like Sully's head is like dangling face. down over this probably. 200 foot drop, 300 foot drop. And he says, he's like, oh, this is my weak arm, Sully. Yeah. yeah. And um, so he's hanging him there and asking him questions. And, you know, and eventually um, a key falls out of Sully poc- Sully's pocket. Yep. And he sort of catches it and sees it's for a motel. And he's like, oh, and he's like, well, I guess, you know, I don't need you now. He's like, I I already know where you were headed. Mm -hmm. Because he says that the other, uh, Bill Dukes, I can't remember his character's name. But, um, yeah. He's Bill Duke. He's Bill Duke, yeah. (laughs) Duke. I should not say Dukes. But, yeah, Bill Duke. Uh, He was meeting him, but now Schwarzenegger knows. And his whole thing is, Ah, Sully, you remember when I told you I was going to kill you last? I lied. And he just drops, drops him. Fucking <laughs> straight up drops him. Yeah. And Schwarzenegger's just killing yeah. it with these quips. Well, this scene, too, has a little bit of interesting trivia behind it. Mm. With, the, um, with the fact that apparently Lester, Mark Lester, the director. Oh, yeah. Wanted Schwarzenegger to actually dangle David Patrick Kelly 
off of a cliff like nope. and hold him with one arm. Nope, 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 nope. And Arnold, because Arnold, whatever you want to think of him, he seems to be generally a good actor, good person in his life for the most part. I mean, I know he had some issues with maids. illegitimate children and maids and things like that, yeah. but generally seems to be an okay guy. And he was like, are you crazy? <laughs> No, so they used a crane to hang yeah. with like safety cables and everything. Yeah, because that's what you should do. <laughs> right, yeah. You shouldn't rely on Schwarzenegger to dangle someone over a cliff for, I don't know, three or four takes yeah. at the minimum. At, yeah. the minimum. at the minimum. Yeah. Probably more like 12. So, yeah, you should use a crane for that. Lester, come on, man. Yeah, right? I mean, I get all you directors out there want authenticity, but still. So, anyway, he goes back to the car, and Cindy's like, oh, what happened to Sully? (laughs) I let him go. Yeah. (laughs) It's just... So many Arnold one-liners. Oh, there's so many. And then he... So then he flips... Flip Sully's car back yep. over so that they're going to take that and they're going to drive it. Um, so when they go to a motel, yeah. there's the key from the motel. In the found. interim, we check in on them. We check in on Alyssa Milano. Mm-hmm. And we see that uh, Tubby Freddie Mercury has stashed her in this like mansion. On an, well, we don't know it's on an island yet. We just know that she's yeah. going into this mansion. It's got pizza flags all over it. And they like shove her into this room and lock the door. There is no furniture in this room that they're keeping her in. Like for all they know, if their plan goes if their plan goes off without a hitch, Schwarzenegger's gonna be down in Valverde. He's gonna get close to his president and assassinate him. He's gonna come back, I assume, and then they'll kill both of them. Yep. We're talking about at least like a uh, an entire day, two days, right? Yeah. She doesn't have a bed. She doesn't have a chair. They didn't even give her like any kind of like sleeping bag right there's not even a bucket yeah i know uh for all you archer fans out there it's like meowschwitz in yeah there. <laughs> just give her a tire swing or something yeah, Alyssa right? milano is starved for attention yeah so they drop her off there and then we go back to uh john mot- and cindy yeah and the john and cindy are at the motel uh and they get there early and bill duke isn't there yet so they Go into the room. They look around, try to find any clues. They're not finding anything. So all of a sudden, here comes Bill Duke in, let's be honest, a sweet-ass ride. Gigantic, it's like this gigantic, sweet Cadillac. Like, aqua blue, yeah. big old boat of a Cadillac that's a convertible. And I'm yeah. like, of course he would drive that car. This guy has style. Well, he <laughs> stole that one Cadillac, yeah. but this is a completely different Cadillac. Yeah. I'm sure that's why he was like, I got dibs on the Cadillac dealer. Because I will, because I know my way around it. Yep. So they hear him and Schwarzenegger all of a sudden is like, all right, you answer the door. And he like turns the shower. Yeah, he turns around. the shower on. He 
rips her shirt open slightly, which I understand your plan, Schwarzenegger, but still, man, come on, you you could have asked. You could have asked her to just unbutton it. Yeah. Like, that shirt is ruined now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you can sew the buttons back on, but come on. Yeah, he kind of like rips her shirt open slightly, so it's, you know, showing off her chest cleavage area a little more, and so she goes, and he uh, hides behind the door as she opens it, and Bill Duke's all like, where's Sully? And she's like, oh, he's in the shower, right? We had a good time. And he's like, yeah, let me in. Come in. And then as soon as he gets in, basically, Schwarzenegger attacks him, gives him, punch him in the face. And uh, here's my question. Was Schwarzenegger trying to take him alive to question him, right? I think he was, okay. yeah. Because I was wondering about that where I'm like, why didn't he just strangle him from behind? Yep. Instead, Schwarzenegger's like, I'm going to get into a fist fight with him. Yep. And of course, Bill Duke pulls a gun right away. Yep. And it's like, yeah, of course he does. And that gun goes off like all six times. He's just a revolver. Right. And um, because they're fighting over it. And I'm like, how many people in this motel are getting shot right now? <laughs> and uh, Cindy goes and hides in the corner, and then three of the shots are all at the corner towards her. And I'm just like, Arnold, point it, like, like move the gun away. Yeah, like, just he's like struggling get away with it. from her. And I'm like, Arnold, you can rip doors off of hinges in this film. You can point the gun to the other side. Yeah. yeah so they eventually, in their fight bust through the other door, yeah, the, the connecting door, door the, yeah, into yeah. the next room. And this is where we get, as we've discussed, I think, in a couple other podcasts, we get the obligatory boobs yeah. in a 1980s action movie <laughs> because yeah. they break in and there's... It's obviously like a couple hiding under the sheets, are kind of. Yeah. And they scream as they burst in, and the sheet flies up, and there's, of course, a topless woman. The one other thing you notice as you go into the room, there's like a video camera on a tripod set up. There is a, yeah, there's a video <laughs> camera set up facing the bed. Yeah. What the fuck is going on in that room? <laughs> I That's know. what I want to know. <laughs> Either they're filming a porno right. or a sex tape for personal use. Yeah, or it's like an old school sex tape or something. Yeah. But it's just like, and it's it's not an inconspicuous camera. Yeah. It's like a gigantic 80s one. Like a VHS. With like a light mounted on yeah. it. I'm thinking porno, but I'm not sure. I I don't know, though. Low budget. Very low budget. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, they fight. Um, Bill Duke gets away from Art a little bit, pulls the gun out, and is like, fuck you, asshole, and pulls the trigger, of course. It's empty. And then Arnold gets the witty rejoinder of, fuck you, asshole. Yeah, and then he... (laughs) For some reason, as a kid, when I was watching this movie... That was one of the funniest parts of the movie to me. Really? <laughs> for some, I think it's because of the way he delivers it with his accent. It was just so stupid that it was funny. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. It's very much a like one of those moments where it's just like, oh, you really couldn't think of anything better. So you're yeah. like, yeah, well, yeah, well, fuck you. Yeah. Yep. And um, so they go back to fist fighting and finally Schwarzenegger lands just a big old uppercut that knocks him back into the original room and he lands like a broken table. It's like, no, it's yeah, it's like a like a old those old older table legs like on coffee tables where they have the like 
little metal kind of inch long tip yeah, yeah. that covers because you don't want the if it's just a wooden end it'll right. splinter eventually sometimes if you move it around so it's gonna got the metal protective cover on it and it just straight through Bill Duke's chest and oh bye bye Bill Duke bye Bill Duke he you know blood coming from the mouth and yeah, yeah. He he's died gone as he lived yep in a big fight yep a large man <laughs> well he gets killed by a large man in Predator as well yeah. so I actually think Bill Duke dies a lot in films by yeah. by large things killing him so in Predator his he no uh Jesse Ventura gets it in the chest. Yeah, Ventura's Duke's, the one. Like head gets exploded, right? I think. I think so. Because he's like laying there and yeah. lasers him in the head. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. okay, okay. I was I wasn't sure because I was like, oh man, does he get it, it in the chest in this one too? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually don't remember how they were able to figure out what the next stop was. Oh, oh they go through his car. They go through the car yeah, and they yeah. find a receipt for airplane fuel but a specific kind of airplane yeah fuel, right? and she well no she knows the place where they fuel it like that sells it oh yeah and yeah. they go to that like warehouse dock front general yep. shady district where there's a, smuggling happens and there's a bunch of tanks there yeah it's like not not like not like gas tanks water tanks no like fucking tank tanks on treads yeah. that are just driving around and I'm like what 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 is this yeah in, in a warehouse so in it's california like, yeah in california those so, are foreign tanks that are driving around on american soil well that's what i'm wondering is so arius the deposed president dan hadea they are they have bought all this military equipment maybe Such somewhere else. Shit. No, Reagan bought it. Reagan <laughs> sold it to them. You know he did. Because they're they the look up new Iran president. Contra well, listeners. right. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so because the new president actually didn't end up following what the government, the U.S. government, wanted them to do. So yeah. they said, <laughs> "All right, you know what? We're gonna put Arius back in charge." <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't put it past Reagan to sell tanks to both sides. Right, exactly. Is that he's like, "Hey, Arius just bought a bunch of tanks from somebody. I don't know who." And they're like, "Oh, well, we'll buy tanks from you." And he's like, "Oh, you better." <laughs> like that's a classic Reagan yep. film. Yep. Well, and classic uh, gun runner thing yep. where you're like, oh, "I'm gonna sell weapons to both." sides oh yeah and uh <laughs> but yeah so it's like they're obviously gonna have to ship all of this military equipment back to valverde which is in south america yep. but long story short schwarzenegger finds out that where they're probably keeping yeah, they're able to sneak in and isle, find the daughter, coordinates for yep, where, where the daughter is is on an island about a two-hour flight off the coast of california yep and which why he has why the president has this weird headquarters off the coast of California? Who you knows? Own this island with this sweet ass mansion. Just live there. You don't need you don't need the grief of running I mean, a country, right? And he also obviously has enough money to hire all these henchmen, yeah, buy all their guns, He's and got, buy tanks. Yes, yeah, he has tanks. The money that you can that you can save by not buying tanks and tank fuel and all this other stuff, all of that money could be used to I don't know putting in a pool or something. Just enjoy your fucking private island, man. Yeah. So they figure this out, 
and they're like, all right, we need to get to this island, but first we have to go shopping. They go to the army surplus store. Yep. And of course, you know, it's, it's closed because it's the middle of the night and Schwarzenegger's running out of time. So you need to break into an army surplus store, right? But of course you're breaking in, you're committing a crime. You want to do it like the most subtle way possible, right? Right, right. right like uh, breaking a window or driving a bulldozer through the side of the fucking building in order to get inside of it. That's a completely normal thing to do, right? <laughs> yep. I mean, there's so many things in this script that I'm just like, somebody in that writer's room was like, Man, wouldn't it be great if Schwarzenegger drove a bulldozer through the side of a building? <laughs> Having read as many Jeff Loeb comics as I have, oh, I'm yeah. this is I'm sure this is a Loeb thing because yeah. so many things come out of left field because he thinks that they're awesome. I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if he's just like, Oh, they need to get in, right? Boom. Bulldozer right through the side of it. Where <laughs> does the bulldozer come from? Who cares? Uh I I care. It's the bulldozer of cinematic expediency. Yeah. Bulldoze ex machina. Yeah. But it's like, so they get in there. He starts loading up all these yep. bags and they're loading up the car with all this stuff. They go in. They, again, this is he secret finds it, yeah. gun compartment number two. Yep. He finds this like secret switch under the catch register that opens up a room full of machine guns and, oh, I don't know, a rocket launcher. Yeah. And there's so many guns in there, and Schwarzenegger's like, I need all of these guns. Yeah. <laughs> and just, oh, and there's like claymores, claymore, claymore mines. He takes a ton yeah. of mines, ton of grenades and stuff. He's grabbing all of this stuff. Schwarzenegger, again, can arm an entire yeah. army by himself with this. And like the first load on a cart that they have, he's like, oh, you know, Cindy, take this to the car. So she heads out, and he grabs a few more things, and on his way out, hey, the LAPD finally shows up. He's been creating all sorts of chaos. There has been chaos and destruction all over the place. I was actually surprised that the cops showed up. Yep. But again, I guess it's not that surprising when you drive a bulldozer through the wall of a building <laughs> in order to break into it. Yeah. yeah. So there's, and there's like 20 cops armed to the teeth. So he's like, all right, I can't do this. I can't get out of this. So they arrest him. They put him in the back of a, you know, paddy wagon. Yeah, it's a, it's a big old, you know, whatever, you know, armored yeah. police transport. Yeah. And um, he's driving off. Cindy sees him drive off and she's like, oh shit, you know, I got to help him. Yeah, Cindy doesn't get arrested or even questioned by the cops. The car she must have been around the corner, I guess. Hopefully, <laughs> but she still has a car full of stolen guns yeah. and a missile launcher. Yep. And their cops are just like, mm, she's fine. So her plan is she pulls up next to the transport, which first of all, there's a bunch of cops at the scene. They, the transport that's taking Arnold Schwarzenegger to jail is by itself. Now yep. I'm like, Okay, there's this guy who's trying to steal all of these machine guns, assault rifles, all this heavy weaponry. And, you know, we're just going to send that transport with two guys in it and nobody in the back with him by itself. And we're not going to have any kind of escort of other police cars. I understand that it's a crime scene, right? Yeah. That's one cop car 
can like cordon it off and make it a crime scene and like bring in people. Yeah. That's that's one car. Yeah. You could send the other cars with the with the thing. You don't need all yeah. of those cops there. So she pulls up next to the transport. And of course and she starts... gets grossly hit on. Yeah, and when she again, again. that's like her character this thing. This entire film, everybody's just hitting on women the entire time. Somebody even says the phrase hunting snatch at one point. Yeah. It's a it's like all of the guys in this movie are all super gross except for Arnold Schwarzenegger. But he still kidnaps her and he kidnaps does stuff. her, yeah. but he doesn't he's No, he doesn't like, make any sexual comments, yeah. you know. But yeah, one of the cops in that's in the transport like in the passenger side, he's like he turns to his the guy driving and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's a hooker." <laughs> and it's like, "Well, first of all, all right, that's an assumption. Second of all, I don't know a lot of hookers that drive big old aqua blue Cadillacs, Cadillacs that uh, are, you know, I mean, maybe it's her pimp's car. And dress like flight attendants. Yes, yeah, and dress, oh, yeah. And also, hookers, hooking is illegal. Yeah. And these cops are like, oh, hooker, ah. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, uh, guys. <laughs> yeah, so, and then, like, they drive off and she kind of stays behind them. And they see her, like, stand up in the car. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, she's going to show us something. And she does. She pulls out a rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah. First and... first one doesn't go so well because she's got it turned the wrong way. Yes. So she blows up a car behind her. Yeah, just blows up a car. <laughs> and the cops are still just like, huh? <laughs> what? Figures it out. Fires another one hits like the bottom of the police transport so knocks it onto its side and How somehow this... very specifically blows a hole that Arnold large enough for Arnold Schwarzenegger to get through in the bottom of the truck somehow this untrained flight attendant is able to fire a rocket launcher precisely enough to create an Arnold Schwarzenegger sized hole in this vehicle <laughs> without murdering everyone on board yeah now, oh, let, let's be let's be fair though, because when Schwarzenegger gets out, she uh, he asks, her, he's like, "How did you know how to do that?" And she's like, "I read the instructions." Yes, <laughs> let it be a lesson. Always, Always read the instructions. That's true. <laughs> However, this vehicle, like most vehicles, are powered by gasoline mm-hmm. that have tanks underneath them. So, and she launches a missile at it, like it's. The chances of that going very sideways and the movie just the credits rolling with Schwarzenegger's charred corpse in the back of this police thing were very high. Uh, so it's a good thing those those instructions were very detailed. Yep. So they get away with all the guns and we get a quick scene of Kirby oh, yeah. showing up at the... Uh, army surplus store and he's just like yep matrix was here (laughs) like so nonchalant doesn't really care and he's like yeah i mean we we didn't talk about it earlier but there's also a scene when he comes back right and he tries to convince john no when he comes back to matrix's house after everything that's happened and there's there's a bunch of bodies at matrix house and he says oh yeah World War Three is coming or something like that. And it's basically, he's just like nonplussed completely. My favorite thing about Kirby is that he's so resigned to the level of carnage that Matrix commits. 
It's like when you come home and your dog has like gone to the bathroom on the floor, but you're like, well, I was gone for a couple hours. It's like you're, you're like you're like annoying, but you're like understand it. That's the way Kirby is yep. about Schwarzenegger committing mass murder. <laughs> or if you like, you know, oh, I forgot to like push the drawer back in with the garbage can and my dog like strewed garbage all over the house. Yeah. I can't really blame him, you know, and Kirby, I think, is kind of like, well, there were all these, like, henchmen. I can't blame him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matrix is is uh, Kirby's over-enthusiastic puppy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. And he's just like, oh, well, Matrix gonna Matrix or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so they get in. So they finally load up into this. They steal a seaplane yep. from the bad guys, uh, the bad guys with tanks. Yep. Uh, and they're flying to the island, and we get a Bill Paxton cameo. Yep. Ah, uh, Bill Paxton, a.k.a. Hudson from Aliens. Yep. He was... Oh, he's also the guy who tries to seduce Jamie Lee Curtis in True Lies. That's right. I think he's got a very small role in yeah, yeah. also. So then this is the first one. Well, he's like a Navy radar operator. Right, right. Um, but because they're, like, then... trying to warn them because they're flying into an area where they, like, do practice gunnery for the yep. naval ships and everything. But they fly low enough to go under the radar. And... Go under the radar. Yep. They get to the island. And Schwarzenegger has got a little inflatable raft that he brought with, obviously. And he... Um... Strips down to a Speedo. Yep, yep strips down to a Speedo. Because he doesn't want to I... get wet? I guess he doesn't want... Yeah, he doesn't want his other like army clothes that he's going to put on in a minute to get wet and but he's it's not like there's a lot of surf or no, he's going to actually have to swim he's because he's got a, a thing with oars yeah, and he's, he's taking a boat from a seaplane yep. onto a beach i'm like you could have just rolled your pants sleeves up if you were this concerned <laughs> about it yep so he gets to shore and goes through this intense suiting up montage where he's like attaching a knife and all sorts of grenades to his it's a, vest it's and the terms of enrampagement dressed yeah. like yeah. getting dressed scene there's all sorts of guns that go in all sorts of pouches yep. like cable the marvel and comics character masturbates to this scene yeah. like every oh, night and so does sterling archer because oh, yeah. uh, again like for you <laughs> archer fans this is a movie that Sterling Archer would love this entire, and probably masturbate to. <laughs> this entire film feels like a live-action Archer like film at different times. Yeah, like absolutely. Cindy is Lana. You know, uh, Matrix is basically just a Austrian gigantic version of Sterling right. Archer. Yeah. So he shows up and sets some explosives. Uh, around these barracks for where all these soldiers are, he gets discovered, has to shoot a guy, and uh, chaos happens. And so he blows up these buildings. Yep. <laughs> this is a great scene because, first of all, they show about maybe nine, ten different angles of the same buildings oh, yeah. exploding. <laughs> they had, they were just like, they set up a bunch of cameras to film these buildings exploding, and yep. they are like, we're using every camera. <laughs> and then there's also what are supposed to be guys who are standing next to the buildings. Yeah, they the were, there were a bunch of guys that yeah. were running in front of the buildings right before they blew up that have guns, and then it cuts the explosions, and now all of a sudden they're just dummies that are very clearly like, on stakes. Yes, yeah, there's... <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where I'm like, 
well, now in this era, now we're watching this movie in HD, this stuff becomes a lot clearer. <laughs> I feel like this was clear when it came out in the movie Probably, theater. probably. So the first giant explosion, it's all very clearly dummies. But then after that, every explosion, it's like all of the guys are overcompensating for it. <laughs> So, because, like, after that, you'll see a grenade go off, and then, like, two guys that are sort of near the the frag grenade will just go flipping through the air. Yeah. And it's just like, wait, wait a minute. Like, you weren't anywhere near it. And, like, they'll do that when they get shot, too. All of the extras are, like, very, like, oh, we got to make our deaths, like, super big and believable. Like, yep. and so it's, and you can tell that that was a direction thing, because they all do it. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just everything. I mean, this is... Also, at this point, definitely a uh, first-person shooter or, like, action RPG come oh, yeah. to life. <laughs> because there's a lot of, oh, I've, I, you know, the guns I brought with me ran out of ammo. All right, I'm going to pick up that guy's gun. i got to loot this body. It's yeah. like Halo. I mean, yeah, like he in just Halo. grabs guns off yep. of people. And, like, and you're constantly and picking them. up new weapons. And again, there are... I would say like 50, 60 guys yeah. running around with machine guns trying to kill Matrix. Matrix doesn't get shot once. Nope. He's completely fine the entire time. Basically, it's like uh, it's like when you play Fallout and you get to like level 80 or like you get to like a really high level yeah. and you encounter some raiders and you're like, oh, and so you're just like one shot killing everybody yep. and you're like, and nothing touches you. You don't even need to <laughs> use a stim pack. Yep. Matrix is running through here. At one point, he just takes off his vest completely, so he's just, like, bare-chested. Yep. And he's just, like, one-shot killing every single person he comes across. I'm just like, Jesus, Matrix. And then, as we mentioned earlier in the movie, he also likes sheds. Oh, yeah. So there's a part where he's completely run out of ammo at one point, and there, there's a bunch of guys coming after him, and he dives into another gardening shed. Into a garden shed, because <clears throat> that's, that's Matrix's safe zone, is sheds. And they surround it, they empty their guns into the shed, you know, and then they send the one guy in, they're like, all right, you, you go check it out. Yeah, you go check it out. The lowest guy on the totem pole, obviously. And he goes in, and he looks around, nothing's in there. And, you know, your obvious thought would have been, oh, no, he maybe, like, got just got down, and he yeah, hunkered got, down on the floor. really low. Nope. He went up. He's hanging from the rafters of the shed, and he, like, stabs the guy with a pitchfork. And then, uh, next instance of superhuman strength, he whips a saw blade, like a circular a circ saw blade, a circular saw blade. Yep. Like a frisbee, Like you a know. throwing star. Yeah. It's so hard. That it shaves the top of a guy's skull off. Yeah. Like, like, like there's like brain, exposed brain, yep. you know, you see it like shave the top of the guy's head off and I'm like, God damn it. He is a genetically engineered super soldier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, not, then of course he follows that up by hitting a dude in the dick with an axe. Yes. And just straight like, to the crotch. Up, upwards swinging straight into the crotch. I'm just like, like, I feel like that was uncalled for. <laughs> we talk about bad ways to go. That's got to be one of them. I think that's got to be the worst at all. Because truly, that's not going to kill that guy oh, no, quickly no. at all. No. If, if The best case scenario for that guy is that it also hit his femoral artery, so he bleeds out quickly. But I yeah, doubt it. I no. think that that guy is just dickless for the rest of his life. It's just like cloven in twain. Oh. <laughs> and, oh. and he's going to slowly bleed out. Oh, yeah. Very, very <laughs> Because slowly. I'm pretty sure he leaves the axe in there. Oh, yeah. I'm, I think so. I think that that was just, he's just like, I'm done with you now. 
was just like... It's like the kind of epitome of, like, jam that thing in there and break it off. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, I mean, he kills all these guys. Finally gets to a point where it seems like the majority of the soldiers are dead. Yep. And he head, heads his way into the house and runs into Arius, who has a machine gun, and they're shooting at each other, and it takes a while. But he finally... Uh, corners him at the top of a staircase in front of a window and shoots him with a shotgun at least six times. It was a lot. Yeah. He and shot him with that shotgun a finally lot. blows him out of the window and like falling down into a courtyard, you know? And I'm just like, that's a lot. I don't think a shotgun would have thrown him that far, but hey man, 80s action movies. <laughs> All the built up kinetic energy from getting yep. shot that many times eventually just propelled yep. him. And while this whole sequence is happening, um, oh, Alyssa Milano, she was successful in getting a one of the door handles. She like breaks yep. it off basically and so she's got like this metal kind of sharp screwdrivery type thing and the windows in her room had been boarded up. Mm-hmm. So she was able to get one of those boards or you see her start working on it in one cut scene and then, you know, battle is happening. And then... Then it realizes that, oh, this is Matrix is here. I'm going to go check on the girl. Yeah, or he's going to go kill her. Yeah. Because the flight, I think I think at this point, the flight, had, it's right yeah. before Matrix storming the island. Yeah, oh yeah, we did The flight had that. landed, and they're like, we haven't, and like the bad guys are like, hey, Enriquez is fucking dead. And he's like, ah, oh, and he's going to go kill her. Yep. Uh, but you go in and it's like, no, she's escaped. Um, and it's like, maybe if you'd put some furniture in the room, she wouldn't have been like, oh, I'm going to like tunnel out of here. Yeah. And, uh, so she, fi- he finally gets there and she's escaped through, she got one of the boards out and they're like, you know, like six inch planks or whatever. And because she's a, you know, 12 ish year old girl, she's able to squeeze through there. Yep. And Bennett's not Bennett. No, Bennett, Bennett is way <laughs> too chunky. You're way too chunky, fat Freddie Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> so you... <laughs> Kool-Aid man straight through the boards. It's great. And then takes off after her. So we finally, uh, so those two plot lines converge yep. in the tunnels. Yeah. There's steam tunnels. For some reason, there are steam tunnels. Because, I mean, this place has a boiler, I guess. Steam-powered you know? mansion, yeah. there's a, Well, there's a boiler. I mean, if it's got radiators, you yeah, know, I there's, guess, there's steam I guess tunnels. It's a, a you very know, large sort of boiler, but I mean, yeah. I guess it's a pretty large mansion, so it's, it's possible. Yeah. So anyway, they're... Uh, they're, you know, they get down there and, of course, through, you know, whatever, Bennett gets a hold of Jenny again. And um, he's he's going to shoot Matrix. And he does. He, like, wings him. Yeah, he shoots him. He So Matrix acts like his arm is useless during the ensuing fight. But really, it's like a bear. It's like barely it's a, a graze. It is a graze. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like you would have been okay. Yeah. Like if it went through his shoulder, that's one thing. But it's like a, it's like a very minor cut that's not even bleeding. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like you're okay. Yeah. So they, um, you know, they get into a, they get into like first. There's a knife fight. Yeah. Because Bennett, uh, Schwarzenegger doesn't have a knife though. But Bennett's got his not own knife, and he's trying to get him, and eventually loses the knife, and then de- de- devolves into a fist fight. Um, there's a one point where the, like the the fire part of the boiler where you feed fuel into it there by that the door gets opened and Bennett tries to shove Schwarzenegger's face into the fire or whatever. And, um, but he fights back, knocks Bennett down. And then he, uh, like number, we're like number eight or nine now. So he rips the door off of the, like the boiler thing, basically. I mean, and this is a solid metal, 
heavy-duty thing made to contain fire. Very hot fire. Yep. First of all, how is it the skin doesn't just, like, burn off of his hands? Like, and he, like... He's like, not wearing gloves. Right, yeah. It's just his bare hands, yeah. and he's like, oh, this is fine. And he rips it off. It doesn't, doesn't bother this is him. like, I mean, I'm sure, like, the hinges and bolts on this thing are probably, like, inch diameter. And he just, like, rips it off. No no effort at all. And then starts beating Bennett with it. And then yeah. he, like, at one point throws it away or gets knocked out of his hands. And I'm like, how is all the flesh from his hands not, like, stuck He would have had right just now. bones left. Yeah. Like, that's right. how hot that is. Yeah. It, and... Yeah, so that that whole sequence happens, and then finally, they get to a point where Bennett gets. I think he gets his gun back, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. Gonna Bennett gets shoot. his gun. And he's gonna shoot uh, Matrix. Yeah, or... he's gonna shoot him again, and Matrix again rips this very large metal pipe. Yep. And just you know, javelin. jagged edge, and he yeah, ba- yep, javelin Jam. throws. <laughs> Right through Bennett and through the steam Into pipe the that's steam behind tank, him, basically yep. where the water is, and so that there's so, just steam pouring out of this pipe that's now like in the middle of Bennett, like that... through him, through I'm sure probably an inch at least of steel that mm-hmm. this tank is made of, and he's got his final quip where he tells Bennett. To let off some steam. <laughs> oh my God! It's like he's like ah, I rescued I rescued my daughter. She's finally safe. Now I just hope that she can hear this quip that I make to this guy. And she's like, "Were you? Is that is that why you threw the pipe at me?" He's like, "No, I just thought of that." Yep. And so they he finally gets Jenny. He goes back out to the beach where Cindy has shown up with the plane. And also helicopters, multiple helicopters with troops are landing. Yep. And there's General Kirby. And there's Kirby. And he's just like, oh, Matrix. And he, like, bops him on the nose with a rolled-up newspaper. Yep. Well, and he's also, I think he says something like, <laughs> he's, he's the to the extent of, oh, did you leave anything for us besides bodies? And Matrix doesn't even say anything. He just looks at him and... And Kirby's kind of like, ah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, just bodies. And then they, uh, so he goes back to the plane with Cindy, and he and Cindy and Jenny get in the plane and take off, and then credits roll with a very 80s power rock ballad. So 80s. And um, also, one thing I noticed this time that I don't think I'd ever noticed before when we watched it, was they take off and then they make like a victory lap kind of. They do like another pass over <laughs> the beach and they like circle and then fly away where it's like they're like, hey Kirby, have fun with those corpses. Schwarzenegger's like, look at all those people I murdered. Yes, indeed. You want to come live with me? So uh, the. And then credits roll. And credits roll. Yep. Uh, so the body count for the film, because uh, this was something that was listed, was 109 people. Oof. And 102 of those <laughs> were killed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep, because we get, I think we get, we've got the two guys at the beginning. Yep. For sure. We get. Um, the couple mall cops get couple shot. couple mall cops get it. Uh, Kirby, or not Kirby, uh, the Sully. Two, two army guys. Sully's companion. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Sully's it. That's companion. all of them right yeah. there. Like two mall cops. Uh, the two, the two army other army guys. guys Two guys from Matrix Uni and Sully's, and Sully's compa- buddy. criminal companion who gets shot by the Mullicards. Yeah. Wow. 
Jeez, oh, Pete. That's a bad sign when we can name all of the people that weren't murdered by Arnold Schwarzenegger. But it's like, yeah, he kills everyone. Yep. So, you know, some other little fun things we dug out about this movie while we were doing some research. Um, The... uh, it was written by, I think we mentioned this a little earlier, I didn't know if we go into detail, but it was written by Jeff Loeb, who is a very famous comic book writer. Uh, Batman The Long Halloween, he wrote Batman Hush, uh, yep. he created the Red Hulk, so mm-hmm. he's, they're not all winners. <laughs> um. I mean, also, he was also, for a while, he was the guy in charge of... Uh, Marvel's TV stuff. Like oh, when is. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started, he was still yeah, definitely in he that. He still is. Uh, yeah. Jeff Loeb is one of the main point mans for, for Marvel's television unit. I think he works a lot with the Netflix stuff. Right, yeah. Uh, he also wrote Heroes. Yep. Um, or he was, yeah, he was the... Good and bad. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he was one of the writers form. for yeah, Heroes. Yeah, exactly. Um, this, uh, there was also a sequel written. There was. Uh, so they wrote a sequel to Commando. And this is, uh, I'm very excited about this. So in 86, um, Stephen D'Souza wrote a, wrote a sequel. It got revised by Frank Darabont. Um, and this was, they were shopping it with John McTiernan, uh, John McTiernan to direct it. Um, it's, it was like loosely based off of this book. Um, but Schwarzenegger wasn't interested in reprising the role. Right. So they took the script, they reworked it, they renamed the character after the the protagonist from the book, and they cast Bruce Willis to be in it, and that movie became Die Hard. Yep. So Die Hard, <laughs> so if, if Schwarzenegger was like, yeah, I will do the sequel, then we would never have had Die Hard. So everybody, uh, thank your lucky stars that the that life and the world kind of aligned that way. Yep. Um, oh man, and uh, also a couple really great things about some of the casting for this because Jeff oh, yeah. Loeb, when he originally wrote this script, the intention was to have Gene Simmons play John Matrix. Mm-hmm. Gene Simmons from Kiss. Yes. And in fact, it was going to play up Gene Simmons's uh, Jewish heritage, or I guess I should say lifestyle, um, and that it was going to be about a special agent, forces agent working in the Middle East who becomes sick of the death and destruction. So he leaves Israel and returns to the United States, but then he's forced out of retirement when his daughter is kidnapped. Yep. And so I, I find that kind of interesting is that they were like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think... Um... You know, it's just very funny because so, but Gene Simmons passed on it very early, very early because I mean that guy's not really an actor. He's not. I don't even know why you would write an action movie for Gene Simmons. I know, right? I mean, I feel like it's it was probably that. I mean, it still happens to in this day and age where there's like a really really popular musician and people, yeah. and I think there's some movie executives who start going. We should try to make this guy an actor. Put him in a movie because all those people love his music. We'll at least get him for one weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so w- Peter Chris would have played Bennett, I guess, and Maybe. would Ace Freely have been the dictator? I would have loved to yeah. see Ace Freely trying to do like a Latin American accent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as long as we get the cat makeup. Oh too. yeah, well, I feel like they. Uh, in my mind, it's it's Gene Simmons running around uh, as John Matrix, and he's still full demon outfit with yeah. the platform heels and stuff the, running all the spikes. around. Oh yeah. yeah. And sticking out his tongue as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after they, um, after Simmons passed on that, once it got later into the development, 
they were going to have it be Nick Nolte also. <laughs> yeah, playing a out-of-shape retired yep. Special Forces operative. Yeah, which totally makes sense, like you said earlier, with why they might have cast Vernon <laughs> Wells and Bennett looking like he did, being kind of also paunchy and I think they not told, in the best shape. They told Vernon Wells, they're like, yeah, no, Nolte's going to love it. He's, you know, out of shape. And like, and, and Vernon Wells is like, great, I can just take it easy for this one. And yeah. then he shows up for day one of filming. He's like, I should have brought, I should have got like a cross trainer. Yep. Man, this movie, just so many of the uh, things that, you think about like why didn't it happen like it's obvious that they were kind of trying to make Radon Chong be a love interest yeah especially at the end where they like all to go off together but apparently they did film a love scene between him and Radon Chong but it was so unconvincing that they were like nope <laughs> gotta take it out because I'm just like you know I I think that makes sense because first of all compared to Arnold Schwarzenegger she is tiny she is like, like a third of his size yeah she is incredibly you know, small very I mean not just like maybe a little shorter but she's also a very slender woman yes you know um and I just have to wonder if they were like they saw that and they're like first of all his acting you know his acting is good but this is still early Schwarzenegger it's, yeah it, very it, early Schwarzenegger you know um, not as no, not no nuance yeah there really and I just wonder if they saw that and they were like, yeah, he's so much larger than her. Yeah. She looks like she's possibly uncomfortable with this. It, Let's yeah. just not. <laughs> it doesn't help that it would be like a Greyhound and a Pomeranian, like, in, you know, <laughs> trying to like mate the two of them. Um, but I also, yeah, I also wonder how no, much let's, of it let's is. Let's be accurate. It's probably more like a Rottweiler. Oh, right, right, right. right. <laughs> That's fair. A large Germanic dog. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but their chemistry is is pretty good. No, they do. They like, do. Like they have really good, good yeah. chemistry together. So I'm actually very curious about why they cut it. And I, I'm sure it is probably just because of maybe physical proportions. Mm -hmm. Also, another thing to remember is this is you know mid '80s. Yeah. You know, and uh, Radon Chong is a is a woman of color. Mm -hmm. Um, and I honestly I wonder if that has something to do yeah. with it. It if could have been studio, for sure. especially studio executives back then. Yeah. I'm the, I, a lot of this stuff just reeks of like terrible studio notes and yeah. I'm wondering how much of it was like, ah, can't have them get together. Yeah, I know that makes that also does definitely make sense. And what I think it, in a way though, it would have also felt weird with the way the rest of the movie was constructed because they had chemistry, but I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't have called it romantic or sexual chemistry. No. They did actually play pretty well off of yeah. each other, but it just, nothing in my mind, if if the movie was exactly the same, except adding a love scene, it would have felt so weird. Like, so weird. <laughs> Here's my other question. When would this love scene have happened? Because right. he is a he is on a ticking clock to save his daughter from right. these people that are going to murder her. He can't stop in the middle of that to bone some flight attendant that he's hanging out with. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> We're in the plane. Put the plane on autopilot. We're going to bone. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it couldn't have happened afterwards because he's got his daughter with him. Yep. So it's like, so it had to have been Jenny, fly the plane. <laughs> He's had to have been like, <laughs> uh, I've got enough time. Let's let's hurry up and knock this out. Or it was after he had just killed Bill Duke in the motel room. Yeah, because she was already kind of undressed, and maybe 
they were both so like amped up from killing someone. Like I don't know. It's possible. So they had just like fucking bone down next to Bill Duke's like, like slowly cooling corpse. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and meanwhile, the sex porn people are like, uh, can we finish? <laughs> they like t- turn the camera like we'll film this i guess <laughs> and that's how we get it taped yeah, yeah there you go yeah. there you go 80s are yeah. such a weird time oh, they were so much cocaine guys so oh my much god cocaine. so much cocaine <laughs> all right so now the question remains the last big question yep dave does commando still hold up for you oh easily easily for me i mean watching it now i mean this one probably falls a little lower on the scale of holding up than some of the others for me but it's 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 actually very interesting to see a movie like this because there is it's all practical effects. Yeah. There is, um, you know, nowadays you can't see a movie without CGI of oh, some yeah. kind. Even um, ones that still heavily use a lot of practical effects, there's going to be CGI in there somewhere. Right. Yeah. There just, I mean, there just is. There's CGI in almost any television show you watch. So I mean. It's very interesting to see how much practical effects are in this. Right. And yeah, you know, it's easy to make fun of the dummies and stuff because they're very obviously dummies. Yeah. Um, but I actually really like the fact that it is very, it's a very bare bones action story. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and um, I want to say it was made for something like $10 million, mm. I think. And it ended up grossing like, somewhere around 50 i think i'd have to go back and look for sure but it did very well at the box office and i especially among like action movie aficionados nowadays it's considered a cult classic it was you know i think but for me if it holds up i i mean i still enjoy it i do like seeing a lot of the uh the schwarzenegger one-liners because it's definitely that aspect that he continues to play on in his movies going forward. Yes. And, but they, this one does it very well and they're so tongue in cheek and so like on the nose that a lot of people would be like, Oh, well that seems like it wouldn't be that funny, but it is because you've got him, you've got his very, you know, pretty thick accent with the way he delivers the one liners. And it just really, it really still makes me laugh. Oh Yeah. I, I mean, agree. And the action sequences, they're good, but I mean, less, in some ways, almost less believable, even though there's, though there's more practical effects. Because like we said, the sequence on the island at the very end, the like, big main action sequence at the end, it's like the fact that he goes through all of these guys. Yeah. And th- these guys that are firing machine guns at him, like fully automatic assault rifles, and, and not just that he's like, maybe he's got cover or hiding behind some. There's a couple times where they're firing at him and he is like the only thing in a large open lawn and he doesn't get hit, like even grazed. I'm like, I feel like nowadays at least maybe action movies, like the person might get grazed or something, you know? It's like they or, might try to inject that tiny sense of like, you know, they're not all going to miss. Well, he's wearing a bulletproof vest. Like, he's wearing yeah. a tactical vest. Yeah. So you even have the out of, oh, he got hit one time, but it hit the vest. And so, like, then that yeah. way the guys aren't completely... But as it stands... They're stormtroopers. I mean... Yeah, no. <laughs> as it stands, they're stormtroopers. And I'm like, well, I completely understand why these guys got beaten by the rebels. Yeah. Because they can't hit anybody. Yeah. 
Yeah, if, if Arius, Arius, man, you gotta, you gotta invest in some marksmanship training. <laughs> I mean, he's just like, oh, like, is like at least sit these guys down with some cans. I yeah. mean, like maybe you would still be president if yeah. you had done this. Yep. But for me, you know, I mean, yeah, I still, I still really enjoyed this watching it again. I mean, I hadn't watched this one probably in about, whew, again, probably close to a decade. So it was really nice to sit down with it again and just enjoy the classic nature of its action. Mm-hmm. And and it's nice to see that early Schwarzenegger. Because, I mean, I think Terminator was 82? I think 83. Yeah, somewhere around It was around not there. long before yeah. Commando. Yeah, and I mean, I'm trying to think if he did any like big major movies in between Terminator... And this, I'm not, I'd have to do research on where exactly. Yeah. Like Conan Falls, but I'm pretty sure Conan's even before Terminator. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it really, it's as an early Schwarzenegger film. And if you are a fan of Schwarzenegger in general, like you like love his movies and love him as an actor and what the movies that he is in end up being, then I highly recommend this movie. It's really, it's a, it's a early piece of his film history and worth watching. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I absolutely agree. So, uh, going into this completely, uh, completely blind, uh, with no idea of what uh, of what to expect, I actually, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, this is the kind of film that I that I'm a huge sucker for, which is just the like kind of like classic shoot 'em up action film. Um, you know, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of fun quips. It's a very simple, straightforward story, you know, and I, and I, and I like that, you know, it doesn't have to be all sorts of weird twists and everything. So I was really happy to see, to see that. I think that some of the performances in the movie are actually really good. As we said before, you know, Radon Chong and, and Schwarzenegger have a very good chemistry together. Mm -hmm. She is a very good sidekick for these films. In that, you know, she's not, it's not an overbearing love interest story. She actually, she actually helps out and provides interesting, you know, and actually like provides information. She flies him to the island because she's trained to be a pilot. Like there are, they actually handle it very well um, from different, from different points. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, Having never seen it before. It was fucking, it's batshit crazy. <laughs> um, there's a lot of very, like, very bizarre kind of choices in it that I'm not quite, and I'm sure we're holdovers from old scripts or for whatever, because I know that they brought someone on to revise it when they, when the, when Lester signed on and when they brought Schwarzenegger in, they went in and changed some stuff. Um, I'm sure that that's why there's just suddenly a bulldozer. Yeah. I'm sure that there's there's a version of this film that explains that entirely. Yeah, but I think it's um I think it's good. I think also think it's very interesting, I, and I recommend people to to search this out because it is it's got a very classic action movie feel to it. Like this is very much a this is very much a film. Um, that kind of sets the stage a little yeah. bit for a lot of action movies. A lot of action films, a little bit before this, you know, you don't necessarily have those superhuman feats of strength. You know, it's it's guys that are good with guns, or you have car chases, you know, stuff like French Connection. Mm-hmm. But kind of this film, especially, and then you'll see it a lot more as the action movie genre mm-hmm. goes on, is that they're doing these like great 
big elaborate things that only someone that's superhuman can do. Yep. And that becomes a real hallmark almost of the like eighties, nineties action films. So I, it's, I, I, I loved it. Uh, I definitely recommend it. Um, yeah, it's a ton of fun. Uh, and, uh, I looked it up. It's the commando was filmed on a budget of $10 million. Yep. It made 35 million oh. domestically. All right. And then international gross was 58 million. Nice. So it, it, it did really well, which I'm sure yep. is why they were trying to do the sequel. Yep. Um, but hey, man, I'm if them not doing the sequel to Commando means we got Die Hard, then hey, <laughs> it's hard to argue against it. Yeah, right. Um, Probably one of, definitely one of my favorite action movies of all time. It's, I think it's my favorite. I think Die Hard is. It's my very favorite. close to the top. I would I would need to give that actual spot for me more thought over time than we have right now. Right. But it is very close to the top. Like Die Hard, definitely for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's Commando. Um, if you are a fan of Schwarzenegger and a fan of 80s action flicks, I highly recommend checking it out. And I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Yep. So we will see you next time on Thanks. Cinema Nostalgia. Woo! Cinema Nostalgia is produced by Dave Kelch and Warwick Johnson. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Blog Talk Radio. If you liked the episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Our theme was written and performed by Andy Berlin and mixed and mastered by Peter Carparelli. For more info about the show, you can follow us on Twitter at PC or visit us on the web at cinemastalgia.com. <laughs>